Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now. Here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you after a trip to Richmond Raceway in the Commonwealth of Virginia, getting ready to go to the other side of the state this weekend. Bristol, Tennessee, just across the line from Virginia for a weekend of dirt racing. This past weekend, we had a lot of first-time winners on the scene, like Chandler Smith. Chandler will join us in a moment. But established winners as well, like Kyle Larson going to victory lane in the Toyota Owners 400 Sunday at Richmond. Now, once all the celebrations die down, it's all about getting in a whole different mindset going into the dirt at Bristol, which MRN will have coverage for you from Bristol this weekend We'll cover the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series while our brothers and sisters over at the Performance Racing Network will have you covered with the NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday. Speaking 
of the events of Richmond, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Toyota Care 250. At day's end, speaking of first-time winners, we had one. Chandler Smith driving for Colleague Racing, a dominant force Saturday, led 83 of the laps, beat out John Hunter Nemechek, Josh Berry, Kaz Grala, Cole Custer, saw some different faces at the top of the leaderboard at races end, but for the first time, we saw Chandler Smith celebrating in Ruoff Mortgage Victory Lane, and he joins us right now on the hotline. Chandler, welcome back to NASCAR Live Wide Open. How we doing? Good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on the show. Oh, we appreciate you being here. Great weekend for you over the weekend. Career win number one. We knew it was coming. We didn't know when, and it happened over the weekend at Richmond. Walk us through the day Saturday at Richmond. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, I... I was, it was a, it was a pretty eventful day between the rain and, you know, my, my schedule is going to be really busy Saturday between the cup car and Xfinity car alone. Right. So it was a, it was going to be a very eventful day, but the rain kind of had uh, hindered those plans and we just lined it up and went racing, which was honestly, I mean, it was fun and all, but I would have rather had a practice for, you know, the cup car and Xfinity car. 83 laps you led Saturday, even though you didn't get a chance to practice or qualify what is it with the unknown going into when you don't have a chance to shake the car down? I know we've gone through this with, with COVID times and all that. This was weather-related. Did you know what you had underneath you before you took the green Saturday? Uh, you know, I had a general idea. We really um, we capitalized on the tools that GM kind of provides for us with the simulator and whatnot. We, uh, we did a lot of sim work for Richmond, and I had a general idea of what we were going to have, but... Uh, you also never know at the same time the track could go through a lot of changes and you can't simulate those changes so um, I had a general idea just because of what our tools were showing us but didn't know 110% what it was going to be You bring up the simulation piece of this which is something that pops up a lot in conversation for the listener that doesn't know when you drive to the simulator and you go in and you spend time what is that session like from the time you walk into the door to the time you walk out how long are you in there and how close to real life is what you do on the simulator yeah i mean to touch on how close it is to real life it's about as close as you're going to get doing anything at all um but we're there for three hours at the bare minimum on end just you know chipping away at adjustments trying different things uh looking over data comparing driver to driver analysis stuff just seeing seeing stuff like that and different trends and just uh, trying to capitalize the tools that we have. When you say driver to driver, where do you fall into the mix? Like what are some of the feedbacks that the team gets when you're in there? Or it, like, do you like your car looser, tighter? Do you react to certain things compared to some others? Are you like some other drivers? Where is that comparison stack up? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's kind of a hard question to answer a little bit. That's more of a question for my engineers and whatnot. I just, it, 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 it depends what racetrack we go to, really, on what I look for, the balance in the race car going going to that track in particular. Like, you got to have a little bit of turn, but Ford Drive is really big there. And on the short run, you know, we had the best short run car, and we had a lot of drive. But on the longer run, we were tighter than everybody else, and they could roll the center better than us. So it's just kind of a catch-20 to do. Uh, what your approach is. Everybody has their own ideology behind, you know, what what you need when you go to certain racetracks. So. Typically, what do you need? What do you like to have underneath you when you go green? I like to have a good turn of race car and a lot of four drives. So you can give me both, crew chief. Let's do it. 
Hey, at least the crew chief needs. He knows what you want in the car. Now, I know sometimes a lot of that is, you know, yeah, the goal is to give you that. Sometimes it falls short, but at least the crew chief has some kind of idea. We, of course, we're talking about the Xfinity Series program and what you're able to do there, getting that first win. And when you walk away from that weekend at Richmond, I know you wanted it probably a lot longer before Saturday, before Richmond came on Saturday. But what has been the lead up like to this first win? Because from our perspective, it looks like you've just been chipping away and chipping away and you finally got it on Saturday. Yeah, no, I mean, colleague race and our program in general right now has been really strong since the the start of the season in general. So we knew it was coming. It's just a matter of uh, staying out of our own way, quite honestly, with you and uh, doing what we do best, and that's keep building fast uh, Camaros week in and week out and um, going to capitalize at the racetrack. Well, you did that Saturday, getting win one of your career there, and then you backed it up Sunday. You ran the cup car, the number 13 car for colleagues, started last on the field, and you went all the way to 17th, and you opened a lot of eyes on Sunday. What was the journey like for you for the 400-lapper that we ran on Sunday afternoon in your uh, in your cup start there for colleagues? It was definitely an eye-opener on the spectrum of, um, you know, what what everybody was telling me what to expect and whatnot. It was a little bit of, uh, it was a little different than what I was expecting just from the feedback that I had. But with that being said, um, you know, the competition over there, it's rough. I mean, it's hard. You're racing against the best in the world at that, at that stage. So, but I feel like the fundamentals of it still comes down to you get a good driving race car, you can you can go forward. What about the differences between the cars, between the Xfinity Series cars and the Cup cars? Where would you put that comparison? I'd say the Xfinity car is the best product of a race car that we have in the top three NASCAR series, is what I'd say. Really? What what makes it that way? They just, the, you know, the biggest thing for me, in my opinion, is the tire size on the Cup car. They have such big tires and provide so much grip and whatnot. And it's just completely different. You can't even really compare the two, but... You know, with that being said, the Xfinity cars, you know, they're not that aero-dependent, got a good bit of horsepower, they slide around and everything. I mean, it's perfect racing, in my opinion. Compare the racing between Saturday and Sunday. Each each series has its own personality. Obviously, on Sunday, you're racing with a lot of people that have a lot more experience, have been around the series as longer. Do they race differently? Is the, is the code between drivers different on Sundays as it, than it is on Saturdays? Man, I don't know. I couldn't tell you that because I don't have as much experience in that deal than, than you know, a Chase Briscoe or anything like that. So I, I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure there. I feel like, I feel like I'm the wrong guy to ask that question to. Well, that's fair. That that that's fair. You've got one Cup start under your belt now. What about the future? What does the future look like on the Cup Series scene for you? What other starts do you have with with colleague coming up? Yeah, I got Wilkesboro coming up, the All Star race. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Really, really looking forward to that, especially after how we ended Richmond. Uh, after Wilkesboro, we have, I believe it's Talladega and then Daytona and Richmond, I want to say. So we, we, got a, we got a good bit. That's a solid lineup right there. I want to back up for a moment. You came, obviously, from the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. You've come to the Xfinity Series now. You've changed teams. How did the roads lead you from Kyle Busch Motorsports to Colleague Racing? What was that process like? Yeah, it was more of a, what, what was going to be the best thing for myself and my family going forward. I have a family now. I got to, uh, I got to provide for them. And you know the, 
the road with Toyota and whatnot. There's just some things going on with some logistics and stuff behind the scenes that weren't looking too good um, from my point of view. So I needed to put my family, my family cap on and my dad hat and husband hat and figure out what's the best for, you know, our family, essentially. And it seems like that you made a good call. College Racing puts out great race cars and they always show up with the uh, with the penchant for winning. You're going to get a weekend off. Then you go to Martinsville. You ready to go to the old paperclip? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty excited about that, actually. I know it's a lot of people look forward to going to Martinsville. What is what is a flat short track like Martinsville? What are some of the challenges that are thrown your way that you try to need to have buttoned up there if you want to win a race? I'm going to say attrition is probably the biggest thing. Uh, being there at the end is really, really big with a clean car to put you in position to win a race at Martinsville is probably one of the most critical things there, to be quite frank with you. I would say keeping the fenders on the truck, keeping the fenders on the car, whatever it is you're driving, just make sure it's intact as much as it can be. Uh, how yeah. important is keeping your temperament about yourself, not letting your emotions get the best of you there? That's definitely big too, but you got to also be on the defense and know that you're keeping your cool but guy around you may not be keeping their cool uh, you got to look out for yourself too so there's that catch 22 thing again right yep that's what it always comes down to mrm will be on the scene at martinsville we'll have coverage of the triple header for the trucks the xfinity and the cup series as the xfinity series will take this weekend off appreciate you joining us my friend congratulations on getting career win number one saturday over the weekend of richmond yeah appreciate you guys thank you and we transition from one hotline to the other and bring in this week's colleague racing driver in the cup race. He'll also be driving the number seven Spire Motorsports Chevy in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race on Saturday. The Superman, as he's known, one talented dirt late model racer, Jonathan Davenport, joins us on NASCAR Live Wide Open. Jonathan, welcome to the program. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Got a, got a big weekend ahead of me and definitely excited for it. Well, how did this come to be? I mean, we all know who you are and what you've accomplished. We'll get to that in a moment. But how did your dirt late model roads lead you to Spire Motorsports and College Racing this weekend? Uh, well, I've got great partners uh, with Nutrient Ag Solutions, and they um, started sponsoring college cars uh, in the Xfinity Series last year, and then they stepped up to the Cup Series this, this year with A.J., Amendinger, and uh, we just started talking about it last year. And uh, uh, my, my guy there at Nutrient Ag Solutions, Steve Martin, was a huge part of it. He's the one who got the conversation started and talked to me about it. To be honest with you, at first I, I was kind of skeptical and almost tried to talk him out of it. But then, um, you know, I thought it was such a great opportunity that it would be. And uh, we just had to keep putting all the pieces of the puzzle together and uh, finally. Finally, it worked out for this amazing opportunity. Well, we're glad it did. We can't wait to see what you have for us on the racetrack this weekend. We know what you have for us in dirt late models, but what's your thought process about getting inside of a cup car and racing on dirt? Obviously, totally different than what you normally do. Yeah, totally different. Um, I'm just keeping an open mind, really. Uh, I've talked to a few cup drivers, um, obviously, that come and uh, run some dirt late models from time to time, and uh, a, a few other ones, but just, um, I, I don't know what to expect really. You know, I'm, I'm kind of going to the unexpected, but I'm going in, like I said, with an open mind and, uh, I'll just learn as I go. And hopefully my, my learning curve, it, 
isn't too big of a turn, more of a straight line. Oh, I think you'll be just fine. I want to allow our listeners a chance to get to know you. For those that don't know who you are, you obviously are a well-accomplished dirt late model racer, three-time Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series champion, won 24 times last year. You've won the Eldora Million, the Knoxville Late Model Nationals, five-time winner of the uh, World 100 at Eldora. I'm curious, your career started on asphalt for a brief time, and then you went dirt racing. Why dirt, not asphalt racing? Just be honest, my family ran out of money. It, it took a whole lot of money to go asphalt racing and, and to go to the next tier. Um, you just had to have more money than what we had, and uh, it just didn't work out for us. And I, I had a uh, had a grandpa that, that owned a couple dirt late model cars, and uh, he he was gracious enough to let me come back and borrow one and drive one until we could afford one of our own. And so that, that was pretty much the, the turning point from, from the asphalt to the dirt world. How long ago was that? That would have been early, early 2000s, probably around the 03 era, 02, 03, 04. Oh, wow. Now, how long did it take you to get acclimated to dirt? Because I know, you know, some race car drivers, good race car drivers, takes a little time to get into the flow of things. How long did it take you to get your legs under you there on the dirt ovals rather than the asphalt ovals? Um, not really long because uh, we was running more of a just a local level. We wouldn't run a national level, but I was running anywhere from a a. a a crate late model to a, a super late model but uh, obviously um, there was great competition you know at our local level at our local tracks but it, it's nothing like it was on the national level but we got going pretty good uh, the first year you know obviously we hit, we had a few struggles but still won a few races and then we just steadily uh, kept climbing the ladder and getting better each year what are those local tracks that you referred to what are names of some of those racetracks uh, when I first came back, probably the first one I ran at was at uh, Sugar Creek Raceway in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And then um, we got Tri-County Raceway in Brasstown, North Carolina. We ran uh, Cleveland, Tennessee a lot. Uh, just in, in the North Georgia, uh, Western Carolina, um, Eastern Southern Tennessee area. Just r- r- right there where my hometown is in Blairsville, Georgia. See, we're big fans of obviously what we do on the national level, but I'm a big proponent of those men and women on those local short track levels that are basically responsible for the grassroots and giving us some of the some of the race car drivers that we see today. I always love connecting with the folks on the grassroots level because it takes me back to my youth when I used to go watch racing there on dirt tracks and, and, and whatnot. What is your view from what you do now and the importance of those men and women at the tracks like you just named and the work that they do as far as what we do in general in all of motorsports? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it takes all kinds to uh, make this motorsports world go around. We, we have to have the local grassroots area to, to be able to build a fan base um, to support uh, the national tours as you know even from the dirt late model on up to um, you know sprint cars and um, asphalt and late uh, NASCAR and what have you but they're definitely j- just as important as anybody you know not everybody uh, can go out and buy a brand new car um, you know and uh, start with, with a $50,000 uh, racing machine they, they have to some people have to go to the junkyard and uh, get it out and get their hands dirty and, and work on it and, and build it from scratch. And uh, 
you know, that that's what those grassroots uh, people do to begin with. You know, I, I used to be one of them, and uh, it, it learned me a lot along the way, and uh, I won't ever forget where I come from. Man, amen, brother. I, I, I hear you. Those those levels on those grassroots so important because it gives us superstars that we're able to enjoy here today. Now, you're not just going to do some cup racing on Sunday. You're going to do some truck racing on Saturday. Just combined and in total, how have you gone about preparing to run a track like Bristol on dirt in what you're about to drive, or have you been afforded that opportunity? Um, I'm just uh, getting prepared as in, oh, uh, I'm just getting prepared as in uh, physically, just getting in better shape and uh, watching a lot of videos, um, trying to trying to study in-car cameras as much as I can. Um, just uh, every bit of information that I can, I can gather, you know, I, I try to soak up and um, whether it be good or bad, you know, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather learn everything I can and then make my own judgment off of it. Of course, you'll go Saturday, you'll go Sunday. Now, that's a part of a NASCAR doubleheader this weekend at Bristol. What about your 2023 schedule? How many races are on that schedule in total of all that you're going to do this year? I don't have my full schedule out uh, just yet. There's still a couple of things to be worked out, but I say we'll end up racing, you know, pretty normal for me to, to race around 90 times a year is about an average, but we'll race anywhere from 80 to 100 times. Wow, that's amazing. And I assume tracks like, you know, Eldora, Knoxville, where all, what are some exa- examples or some of the places that you race for those that may not know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Eldora is definitely my favorite track, um, bar none for sure. And then, I mean, we'll, we'll be places like Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. We was there just this past weekend, but we'll be in. Lernerville, Pennsylvania, to uh, Deer Creek Speedway up in Spring Valley, uh, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, all over the place. Batesville, Arkansas, Union, Kentucky, and Florence Speedway, be it Knoxville Raceway, Knoxville, Iowa. We'll be uh, running mainly the Lucas Oil Dirt Lake Model Tour. And, you know, it's probably, I think it's a 55 race schedule this year, I think. And, uh, you know, we, we travel all up and down the east coast of the Midwest. And, uh, you know, we, we started our year out in uh, Bado, New Mexico. So uh, pr- pretty wide strand for a uh, dirt lake model team. I was going to say, man, you guys, you got a lot going on right there. We can't wait to see what you got for us over there. We can't wait to see what you got for us over here on the NASCAR side of things this weekend. We wanted to have you on NASCAR Live wide open to get to know you a little bit and we're all excited to get there, and I'm sure you are as well. We wish you the best this weekend. Go uh, go give it all you got. Well, I, I definitely appreciate it. You know, obviously, I, I got to thank Colleague Racing and uh, Nutrient Ag Solutions and Spire Motorsports for this awesome opportunity. And we're just going to go um, in there with really no expectations. We're just going to go have some fun and do the best we can and, uh, you know, see, see where we're at whenever the rag falls. That's Superman, Jonathan Davenport, going to run the truck race on Saturday for Spire Motorsports and behind the wheel of a colleague racing Chevrolet on Sunday, just like Chandler did this past weekend in the dirt race at Bristol. We wish him the best in his NASCAR Cup Series debut. Speaking of Cup, speaking of odds, let's check in on Las Vegas. Producer Trey is here. Trey, what's Vegas saying about our trip to eastern Tennessee on the dirt this weekend? 
Well, Mike, the favorite this weekend is no surprise. It is one Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is 5-1, to one, and after the race this past weekend in Richmond, he said he could have finished last in every single race, and he still felt like the sports books and the media would list him as the favorite going into the Bristol Dirt Race just because of his history on dirt, even though he mentions that it's so different than what he typically drives. He's 5-1. to one. The guy who almost won this race last year before getting taken out by Chase Briscoe on the final lap is Tyler Reddick. He is 6-1 to one, and then probably the second most accomplished dirt racer in the Cup Series right now. Christopher Bell, he is at 7-1. to one. Everybody likes Larson and Bell going into this race, but they have yet to get it done yet. It's going to be interesting to see if they can do it this weekend. My pick, I'm going with the guy who won the first race. I don't see how you can't like Joey Logano. Joey Logano is 12-1. to 1. He won the first race here in uh, 2021, and then he finished third last year. That's a pretty dang good uh, average finish. So I think Logano could very well do it again. He's going to have the extra track time running in the truck race on Saturday as well. So I'm going with Logano at 12-1. to 1. Some interesting long shots to look at, one that's not entirely steep is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Finished second to Logano in that first race here. Has an extensive dirt background. He is 22 to 1. If you're looking for guys that are a little bit steeper, Justin Haley, Jonathan Davenport's teammate this weekend, he's at 80 to 1. Uh, He has a a good history. He ran well with the trucks at Eldora. Ran fairly well in this race last year as well. And then Michael McDowell, surprisingly. McDowell has finishes of 9th and 12th in the two Bristol dirt races and... I don't necessarily like the pick for McDowell to win the race, but when you start seeing those props over the weekend, if you see McDowell to finish in the top 10 this weekend at Bristol Dirt, I like that. And just to throw it in there, Jonathan Davenport, who you, who you just spoke to, Mike, Vegas has his odds at 66-1, to 1, but ultimately I like Joey Logano at 12-1 to 1 to get his second win of the season and his second win on the Bristol Dirt track. It's very possible. We'll have to wait how all this and see how all this shakes out over the weekend. Of course, MRM will be in Bristol for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Weather Guard Truck Race on Dirt. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, our airtime on Saturday. PRN has coverage of the Cup Race on Sunday. We'll be back with you for the triple header the following week at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. For producer Trey and the rest of the MRN team, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for the download. Again, check us out on NASCAR Live this coming Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And of course, next week, Thursdays, right here again for another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? 
Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 